Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. So I am um, really, really delighted to really um, introduce somebody actually who's been uh, someone I've got to know recently. He's meant a lot to me in these last few months of our conversations and just kind of getting to understand his backgrounds. So I'm extremely excited to be talking to you today, Dave. Um, Glad to be here. It's going to be great. So Dave, you are, before I allow you to kind of go and do your introduction, um, you are a marketer, an entrepreneur, and an investor, the founder of The Jectory, which my understanding and doing some research on you, you're your marketing consultancy for marketers. And you're also the owner of Atlanta Barrel Investors, which I need to hear more about later. You need to tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dave McMullen, welcome to our podcast today. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Excellent to have you here on the entrepreneur's journey. So yeah, for sure. there's so many things I want to cover with you today. And um, I'm really excited to kind of really kind of just to get into it. So first things first, like your entrepreneurial journey has been an exciting journey. And I would love to kind of learn a little bit about like, what is it which allowed you to really kind of get started that went particularly well for you? What was, what did you do in your entrepreneurial journey that really kind of has allowed you to be the, the entrepreneur you are today? Yeah, gosh, wow. The, I feel like maybe it's been different things at different points in my career. You know, that, that, that first, uh, that first desire to be an entrepreneur came from working for uh, a small, very small business. And um, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I got to a point working for this, he became a friend and still is a friend, but I got to a point where I started thinking, all right, I need to, I want to be a part of this business. Like if I'm going to help grow this business. I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the other side of my brain was telling me I could do it better than him. <laughs> and I think that happens to a lot of people, right? It's maybe just in your career, you get to a point where you say, I could do this better than my boss. And I yeah. think that's when you know you're ready to be promoted. <laughs> so I got that feeling. I kind of started chatting with him about it. And I recognized that it wasn't going to happen for me there. Right about that same time, my brother and I actually started talking about starting our own thing. And, uh, you know, that was a bit tricky, right? Going to work with your little brother and um, sort of starting from scratch. I had a, a young child and a brand new baby and a wife who just quit her job at home. That was pretty terrifying, especially for her. And um, yeah, so so we, I this is this this will terrify anybody that's married or related to an entrepreneur. I asked my wife, "How much money do you need to make this household work? <laughs> like, what <laughs> what's the minimum amount of money that I need to be bringing in to survive?" Basically, that's a smart and question she, to ask. 
Very it absolutely small. was. Yeah. yeah. And she's, and she told me, and it was a surprisingly little bit amount, little bit of money in 2001, by the way. Um, and now she reverted to eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. She cut <laughs> back the cable. She got rid of one of our cell phones. So she definitely minimized. And I would give her really a lot of credit for my, you know, early survival, mm-hmm. uh, just making, making it so inexpensive. Uh, mm-hmm. for us to live that I was able to keep the business going and get it up and running. And really the rest is history because I kept landing clients and figuring out how to deliver for them. So that right. first part was pretty, pretty scary. But, you know, the, the one thing that I did, if, if, I, if I was to look at one strategy that kept me going, it was that I was constantly trying to climb up the food chain inside of my clientele. And what I mean by that is with a business that I was in that gave me the bug was a printing business. I recognized that, so I'm, so I'm a printing salesman basically, right? And I recognize that someone has to design something first before I compete for the printing. And before that, someone had to have a tactic that needed to be designed. And before that, someone else created a strategy with a tactic that needed to be designed. So, so I recognize way up the line, mm-hmm. stuff was happening that outside of my control and I was way down the food chain waiting to compete against with other printers for that print job. And um, so I just started climbing that line. We, you know, we got into the creative uh, graphic design business, right? Then we climbed up into the uh, strategies and tactics and kept climbing and climbing and climbing. And throughout the years, 20 years later, we were in the C-suite of our clients, right? Because we kept climbing, got yeah. into you know, not just creative strategy, but innovation strategy, digital transformation, these kinds of things that, that companies think about, not just marketing departments. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I was at the beginning of that food chain. The, 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 I was helping create the ideas that somebody way down the line was competing for the printing. That's excellent. So your yeah. strategy was to go for the top, find your, well, prove yourself, I'm assuming, and then mm-hmm. find your way to the decision maker at the very top and be be the company that worked with that. And then I'm assuming you can then implement everything beneath it. Is that right? We had the, at least had the option to. Yeah, the option right? to. So, yeah. so we would choose what we would do. In the very beginning, I was still doing some printing work. I was doing compute. I was doing a printer sheet fed forms, believe it or not, uh, promotional products, all of that. And all of that went on, you know, at the end, we were never doing, we weren't doing any of that, of course. Um, but I certainly was sending a lot of that work out. Mm-hmm. So, so we were able to choose but by, by being at the top of the food chain, by being at the beginning of the ideation, mm-hmm. we could control or have some influence over at least mm-hmm. what kind of work was to be done. How, how do you think you did that though? How did you, you know, when you're doing a, a tactical job and now you're trying to be, move into a more strategic kind of conversation, I, what is the... I don't know if there's one thing you think you did well to get to that point, because it sounds obvious what you did, but I'm just thinking, how did you, how did you really do that? Sure. Sure. A couple of things we did. One was we added a layer of strategy to everything that we did. So if you came to us, you know, early on, you know, in 2001, everybody thought they had to have a website. (laughs) They didn't know why they had to have a website, but they thought they had to have a website. Right. And so we would just ask pointed questions. Who are you trying to reach with this website? What do you want it to do? And, and um, you know, all, all of these were sort of strategic questions. And we discovered that our clients couldn't answer those questions. So we offered to help them get answers. Right. And then um, by, by, by asking the questions, you, we discovered that we could 
begin to develop products and services that answered those questions at the top, right? And so if a, if a customer of ours, a client of ours doesn't understand who their customers are, then we can develop a whole suite of services around you discovering who your mm -hmm. customers are and everything you need to know about them. If they don't know who their competitors are, right? It's a strategic, strategically, you should understand who you're, what, at least what the other buying decisions your customers have, yeah. right? Including to do nothing. Yeah. And so that's a suite of services and products and services we could create. And then who are you? What, what, what are the true features and benefits? What is the, what is the culture of your organization? What is the, what is the messaging? What's important about your company or your brand that you should be delivered? What message should you be delivering to your customers? Mm -hmm. And so if you even just take just those three, right? Understand your customers, understand your competition and understand your own brand. Well, there's a ton of work to be done in that space. That's, we haven't even talked about a tactic yet. Yeah, yeah. And so when you start asking those questions, people don't have answers. Then you say, well, no problem. We have these services, these products and services that, that can help you to do that. Mm -hmm. And then packaging up that strategy in a way that you understand it, you know, you can deliver on it and you charge for it, right? Getting strategy paid, you know, in our industry, marketing, advertising, PR, getting paid for strategy is a difficult leap. And so when you, when you make that leap though, I'll just tell you, it's very profitable work. It's yeah. very rewarding work and clients do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, what great advice you just gave to people. And I was just thinking, you're right. I mean, and it's, I mean, websites were that area. It's a bit like when you had an app, why do you need an app? No one asks those questions, but it's still the same now. Like what is meta? Why do, why do I have to care about meta? And, and, you know, so it's not like that just happened 20 years ago. There's constant questions of new innovations coming out. How do these entrepreneurs, if they can become a part of that beginning discussion point, you know, you can yep. build a business around it. You're so. spot on. Yeah. It was, was, I need a website. Then I need a Facebook page. Then mm -hmm. I need, or before that, there was other things, but mm -hmm. then I need mobile, right? Yeah. Now I need e-commerce or I need meta or, I mean, it's just on and on. Mm -hmm. and, and what we found was as long as we're out in front of our clientele. So we tried to keep up with the consumer because we knew our clients weren't. And then, so when they came to us and said, we need meta, have you done it before? Well, no, no one has done it before. And so we have at least studied it enough yes. to help you get yeah. through it. I yeah. know more than you do, put it that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's, exactly right. <laughs> That's one yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. And knowledge is powerful. <laughs> knowledge sure. is powerful. And, and you can charge for knowledge, can't you? 100%. 100%. You're right. That's and, where and the it, consultancy is. For sure. And it's not, it's not just uh, knowledge, by the way. It's, um, it's basically, it's, it's, it's almost pattern recognition, right? That's what expertise is. I've seen this problem solved before. Mm -hmm. I've seen it done well and I've seen it done poorly. Let's do it mm -hmm. the way it's done well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So. No, really great. Oh, God, I'm making a note there because you just got me thinking about something. Thank you. I'm learning <laughs> from our own podcast, which is amazing. Thank you, Dave, for that. Of course. So, um, so tell me, like, you know, who who are or who were your kind of co-pilots on this journey? We're playing with this whole theme or the you know, the entrepreneurial flight. So there was a co-pilot sitting next to you. Who was that? And who, is that person still with you now? Well, I exited my company in 2019. Um, I had one business partner at the time of my exit, and um, he was fantastic. He was actually my brother and business partner and the most creative person I've ever met. And, um, you know, we, we 
as you can imagine, over the course of almost 20 years, we had our ups and downs in both business and the relationship. But um, it was a fantastic union. It was a great relationship. We once we, especially once we learned that we were different in our strengths and passions, um, and maybe that's something to talk about in a little bit. Um, we really excelled in mm -hmm. in our partnership together, and so that was a lot of fun, mm -hmm. you know. But but I I think over the time, my co-pilots really, and, and at least in the space that I was operating in the business, was a great CFO, a great um, PMO, which is project management organization, right, and then a great HR person. Mm -hmm. If I have those three people, and I come from an operator's point of view, by the way, I'm the COO kind of person. So if I have those three leaders in place, oh my goodness, we can the four of us can get so much done, right? Um, but I also recognize that I kind of need that visionary, that person. I can play that role, but if I have a, a person that is uh, contagious in the culture and that can really have great high-level relationships with our clients, think about where the future is going and all that kind of stuff, that's a perfect those are those that's the group I'd like to surround myself with mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. That's great. And it's really good though, that you recognize where your strengths are mm -hmm. and what you need from other people. Cause I, I think as entrepreneurs, we get caught up initially thinking we have to be able to be good at everything. And you know, okay, we hear things that we shouldn't be the smartest person in the room, but there's so much truth in that, isn't there? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. All, all the time. Actually I smile now when I'm not the smartest person. Whereas it used right. to be in the younger years that you would think, oh gosh, I gotta say something. And it's like, you know, you don't have to allow these people <laughs> around you to say something. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And and I'm really glad you had a really strong team to help you get help you get there. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you th start thinking about trying to be good at everything, everything's a lot. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. And it's, and it's next to impossible. And as your business grows, um, you know, we all kind of discover things start to get away from us. When you first begin, you, you know, every employee and you probably know their spouse and their kids' names mm -hmm. and you know, every client and you know, every, where every dollar comes in, where every dollar goes out. And, um, you know, that's just the sort of the way things kind of start, but eventually you don't know that Yeah, you barely know everybody, every employee's name, let alone yeah. their spouse's names. And <laughs> you don't know that, that they've been out sick for two days and you don't know True. You have the perfect relationship with all your clients. You have to build systems and processes yeah. and people, other people allow them to do that. Yeah, that's really, really great point. God, that's a whole topic in itself, isn't it? Scaling, uh, feeling like you're still personable enough, but not knowing everything. How do you manage that? I don't know. That's a whole other topic. So we'd have to get into that another time. So talk to me a little bit about like, what is a challenge you and your team had to solve like recently, or it doesn't have to be recently, something maybe you did when you were with the past agency, like what was it? What was a really difficult thing you had to overcome? And how did you do that? You know, the problem I run into now a lot, uh, because after selling my business, I became a marketing consultant. But as I mentioned, my background is in the operations side. I'm, I'm less about marketing strategy personally, than I am about creating the right team and the right strategy to, 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 to execute. And so, so I'm more of an operator mm -hmm. and I became a consultant to uh, client side brands, of course, more from the C more sort of partnering with the CMO to get the organization right. But I'm also consulting with other marketing firms and other agencies 
And what I've discovered in the agency space, especially, is just what we kind of discussed. As, as agency owners grow, they, they start because they're the creative director and they're really good or they're head of accounts or great at strategy or they're good at something. And they say, I'm going to go off and do it myself. And because they're good and they're charming and smart and they can sell other people on joining them, they get those first few employees, they win a couple of clients because they're, they're just good. So why wouldn't they win that? And then they do great work. So they continue to grow. But eventually, right, they reach a point where there's a complexity that's now changed. And so they recognize, they look around them and they say, oh my goodness, this is a business now that I've got to understand and I've got to run. And it's the complexity is beyond me. I want to go back and be a creative person. Right? I really enjoyed being head of accounts and selling new business, but now this HR and all the payroll yeah. and the AR, like the, the business has kind of gotten away from me and, and yeah. I don't like that. And so helping folks sort that out, what are the next few moves for you as a business to break through that barrier, break, break through that ceiling of complexity in your business? That's been a lot of fun mm -hmm. uh, helping folks with that. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, you know, it's quite common, actually. It typically hits a business owner, especially in, in the, in the let's say, creative services world, you know, somewhere between one and $10 million, right? Mm -hmm. It could be sort of depends on the on the clientele and the kind of business, but that's typically when it happens. And I love helping people sort through that problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gosh, I mean, you're right. It's that's definitely something I'm going through all the time. So I definitely um, hear you and feel the pain. There's definitely yeah. pain here. Uh, and I'm sure <laughs> exactly. Um, so so what, what advice then do you give to other business owners who are going through that challenge right now? Like what it would, what would you say to them? Well, the first thing is being self-aware, um, you know, recognizing it and, and, you know, being part of, uh, I think this is going to go mostly to people in EO. So if you're in EO, you're hearing it and learning it on a regular basis, right? It feels like the, what is the book? The E-Myth is about, it's, it's, it's almost a, entrepreneurial Bible these days, you've got to understand that you can't do it all. Yeah. You've got to create business processes and systems in your company that do what you have been doing. If you mm -hmm. want to grow and move, and mm -hmm. move up. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, that's, that's the approach I take is just helping mm -hmm. folks recognize their ceiling what they're feeling is not unusual. Every yeah. business hits it, literally yeah. every single one. Yeah. Some decide, you know what? I like being in charge. I like being in the middle of it. I'm going to either stay the same or shrink back a little bit and manage this, uh, make, keep this manageable for me. And that's okay. And by the way, there's lots of businesses that do that. And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Others do try to break through and move up and move on. And um, those are the ones I'm most excited about, right? Help them build, build a leadership team around them. Is there a revenue kind of threshold you could think agencies get to where it's like there's a breaking point about to happen because you've hit this number? Like not just hit it and go back down. You hit it and you're run you're running at that rate right now. You mean break as in need to be fixed or break as in breakthrough? Breakthrough. Like to the point where they realize that we need better systems. We we need that operational kind of mindset now. Um yeah. I don't know about an actual dollar figure, but but what, what I described um, in the fact that you no longer 
have complete control or relationships with your clients. You, you no longer know where every dollar is coming and where every dollar is going. Right. When you start to feel that get away from you. Yeah. That's time to start thinking about um, building a leadership team around you. Yeah. And, and my understanding of most is it feels to me, if I was to put a number on it, which is probably a mistake, but right around $3 million, mm -hmm. the business generally, especially if you're mostly uh, hourly based billing, right? Right around $3 million, you can now afford the administrative payroll of having a more, a, instead of doing your own books, more of a, almost a CFO level, maybe controller level, a, a higher than a bookkeeper level person supporting you. That's a great move. Uh, I'll, I'll never regret making that higher. And then, of course, project management being built in where you're not having to touch every project and roll everything through. That's a big deal. And then, you know, like as I mentioned before, the team around me was that I also had a fantastic person leading HR. And about $3 million is when that all became possible for me. Right. It was okay. expensive. You know, I cut into my profitability by doing it. But uh, man, oh, man, did it create a catalyst for us to grow because mm -hmm. the okay. business suddenly could handle it. Yeah. Right. I didn't have to go recruit and hire the next person. The HR person did it. Yeah. Right. I don't have to sort out the AR. The finance person does that. Yeah. 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 And, and um, you know, that's just a that that can happen around one million dollars. Things start getting away, getting away from you. But, it, you know, probably around three million dollars. It gets real. Yeah. Really and real. you're able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. all guess. But yeah. No, there's some great insight there. That's really, really helpful. Um, so tell tell me a little bit about what excites you about the future for you. Like, what does what your journey destination look like right now? Where are you heading, Dave? Ah, uh, I mean, what do I want to do when I grow up? <laughs> yeah, because there's still plenty of years for us to grow up. <laughs> yeah, when I started consulting, my wife said, so you're going to be unemployed again. I'm like, well, like, okay, that's one way to look at being a consultant, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I really, I feel like the last 25 years of being in this industry, you know, the cool thing about being a marketer or a marketeer, as you put it, which I love is you kind of have a little bit, you can kind of are trained to be aware and understanding of a lot of different things. You sort of are a, a generalist topic wise. And um, that gives you a skill set to be able to do many, many things. Mm -hmm. um, but, but for me, you know, learning what I learned in my business, I actually kind of went back and captured it. Like, what were the things I thought I did well? What did I do poorly? Processes, systems, where did we invest? Where do we divest? What did we start doing? Stop doing all of those things. I grabbed them as lessons for life. And that's kind of how I consult these days. But I really enjoy helping folks break through that ceiling that we talked about. And I even, you know, that's part of how I invest is look for opportunities where I can help make that impact and be a part of the upside mm -hmm. um, and just become right alongside someone and partner with them and help them help them make it happen. So I'm just, I'm just absolutely passionate about that and really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you get a little bit older and have a little bit more to invest, you can kind of break a break free of just your own industry start to diversify a little bit and um you know and that's been a kind of fun too so mm -hmm. 
I like where I am in my life. You know, I'm an empty nester with a lot of energy left. And um, so who knows? Who yeah. knows what the future holds? Yeah, that's great. I really love that. So, um, you know, we've you've given us some words, many words of wisdom, actually, Dave. Um, and I love that you really are helping kind of to take the things that you have learned and 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 share that with us because there's people listening who are you know, they're, like you say, they're at different stages of running their business. They may just about to start a business. They might be trying to really grow it. Maybe they're trying to exit, exit it. And you've done all of those things. So your knowledge is hugely valuable. But we need to learn a little bit more about you, Dave. So who are you? So that's a great question, isn't it? But um, like, so you're based in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I know I that for sure. Yeah. So we're in, the, we're in the same state, even though I'm British, live in the beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, but tell, tell me a little bit about, you know, your education. So where did, where did you go to school? I know how, you know, if you say Bulldogs to me, I may have a problem with that because we're Gator fans, but I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm not a football girl. <laughs> anytime that topic comes up, um, I'll tell this story. Even it's probably boring to most people that I, I was born in Texas, mm-hmm. right? That's Texas A&M and about to be UT. I went yeah. to high school. I grew up basically in New Orleans. That's Louisiana, LSU. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school in Nashville, Tennessee. That's Vanderbilt and Tennessee. I went to college in Kentucky. My wife went to Alabama. <laughs> My son goes to Auburn. My daughter went to Georgia. <laughs> so the only thing I know for sure is I hate Florida. i will have to let my husband know that one (laughs) yeah yeah you have a reason to hate florida because you're supporting all those others yeah i don't know about supporting them i'm I'm a georgia fan for sure that's who i am yeah and and i um you know i wanted to when i got out of high school i was leaving high school i wanted to play college soccer Mm -hmm. and i also wanted to go to a big sec school and have some fun and but the sec did not offer men's soccer so I ended up at a school called Western Kentucky, Go Hilltoppers, and um, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, went to Alabama, right. and we did a long-distance dating thing and got married right after school, moved to Atlanta, and you know the rest is history. Mm-hmm. But if you ask about my education, oh my goodness, it's, you know, I, I, w- I, would, I can't even describe how much I've learned by one, being a part of EO. Yeah. I went to the entrepreneurial master's program that EO puts on. Um, you know, I have done, um, sort of been a student of the game, voracious reader, love the latest business book. Um, I need to know what that is. The latest business book. Which one do you love? It doesn't have to be the latest, but what is your favorite business book? My favorite, well, you got to go through. So I mentioned the Mm e-myth. There's also a book called no man's land. Mm-hmm. by an Atlantan actually a guy named Doug Tatum wrote a book called no man's land that talks about the journey from 20 people to a hundred people. Right. And, um, that's fantastic. Um, gosh, put me on the spot to think of. No, that's good. You great. gave me, you gave me two E-Myth and no man's land. I like that. Yeah. I'll tell Writing you a great down. book in our space. It's called win without pitching a guy named Blair ends wrote that book. Okay. And it's a, it's a way to kind of break through the selling and growing of a, of a creative business without going to the dang pitch all the time. Yeah. 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 The pitch. I, w- I was told, I remember you should, when you turn up to meet with a prospect again, and, and this has changed over the years, but never even turn up with your pitch, build that relationship, just have that conversation. And I, I try and do that as much as I can. Just that's awesome. don't have any slides. Just let's get to know each other. Cause that's what it's about. Isn't it? It's trusting in each other. 
Well, that works for you. You have a charming accent and, uh, you know, you can pull that off better than most of us. Sometimes it works. We'll see. So I'm um, still growing my business, as you know. So um, so let, let's um, thank you for sharing that. Good to hear. Uh, I mean, your education experience is definitely vast, many different schools. So but it's given you everything you need to to really kind of be successful and be and live the life you want. And I think at the end of the day that I think as entrepreneurs, we're trying to look for that a quality life you know, is very, very important. So being young to still, like you say, get outside and do things and is excellent. So, um, so let me ask you this. If, um, if you were to do this all again, would you do it over again? If you really had to go and start up, let's just say you just got married mm. and your wife was eating peanut butter sandwiches. We're back to that point. <laughs> would, would you do it all again? Or, or what, what might you have changed? Um, you know, I, I, you've surely heard of the lifeline exercise, right? Where you go back and you look at what were the impactful moments in your life, both yeah. good and bad. And um, it's funny, you think about, you ask most people what their life's going to be like from here forward, and they draw a nice smooth line up and to the right, right? It's going to be great, smooth sailing from here. But when you look back at your life, there's a lot of peaks, valleys, challenges, really a lot of tough times. Yeah. And the, the truth is those, those made you who you are. They, they made yeah. me who I am, my struggles, the things I went through. Um, and so the answer is I wouldn't change much. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might be a few valleys that I, knowing what I know now, that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be quite as deep mm-hmm. uh, because I would have protected myself from them or, or prepared yeah. for them or something like that. But even then, they, that's, how, that's how you become who you are. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change much. I got to be honest with you. I think I'm very appreciative. I've been very blessed in the highs and lows of my life. And, um, I, and I, I wouldn't want to look that, look at it any other way. No. Yeah. It's a great answer. I love that. Mm. The, I realized I skipped over a very, very important question, oh. but you kind of, you kind of talked about this. So this is like the chance where you get to go and kind of pitch but I feel like we've been talking about, I mean, you, you bring so much value to agencies and market marketeers, as I said, um, I but like um, what impact, can I just ask you that? I, just, I do want to give you the opportunity to say like, what impact do you think you have made to um, other people running marketing agencies and things like that? Is there a specific impact you think you've made? Well, um, the greatest impact, you mentioned quality of life. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you don't have a leadership team around you that is organized and understands the business and the processes and is not building and growing the business on your behalf, you're missing out on something. You know, in my opinion, you know, we if, if we don't have that, we're missing out on one a quality of life, owning my own time, owning my own. Uh, just having the autonomy to walk away from the business for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when that is in place, right. When I have a strong leadership team, when I've got a great talent pipeline, the finances are solid. We know the company knows how to deliver our products and services, and we've got a good marketing and sales pipeline coming in, right. When, when all those things are at least on their way to being solid, yeah. the, the, the feel on the business owner's, the look on the business owner's face and the, the, the experience she has and the, the feeling that she has, it's just, that's really em- empowering to me. It's really feels good. Mm-hmm. That is super rewarding. 
Um, and so I love watching that discovery, right? It reminds me of, of coaching uh, my kids in soccer and watching them learn something new and put it into practice and the experience and the feel from what they got out of that is so yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of us, we get that from books, we get that from podcasts and ideas and we experience things in the world and put them in practice in our own business. And, and what I try to do is accelerate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's great. Really cool to watch that yeah. change happen. Yeah. That's great. And I love the fact you actually didn't even speak about anything tactical there. It was all, all about kind of emotion. You know, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I think I mean, I know you're doing tactical, but it's not about that. It's about the outcomes of how people feel. So we could say you're yeah. in the emotional business. How about that, Dave? <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, in, in our space, you know, this as well as I, I do, you, you've got to really balance this sort of business oriented accountability with creativity and freedom and autonomy of thought. And you can't you got to be careful not to restrict yeah. So um, restricts too much. Yeah. Or you become, you know, sweatshop basically. Yeah. There are yeah. Many agencies in the world that are. Yeah. But 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 you can't just be creative. No, you got to. That doesn't translate. No, no, you're right. No, you got to be well-rounded. Have a well-rounded agency. So. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the fun part. We talk about what are your passions. I'm curious now. I, I know some of your passions. I know you're a great golfer. Um, so what what kind of things do you do for fun? I do love golf. I have loved golfing, especially since my wife has picked it up. That's mm-hmm. been something we can do together. I recently picked up pickleball. Mm-hmm. I, I love a good game. Yes, but I it, love it. it is really addicting. Yeah, it is. Um, Beyond that, you know, for me, travel, and, and I, I'll, I'm not kidding about reading. I absolutely love to read. Um, just sometimes find myself, you know, just lost in a book. And mm-hmm. that's nice. So yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah, nothing better. I agree. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is. Um, I'd love you to share with our listeners and the people watching us, Dave, how they can find you if they can if they want to reach out to you. What's the best way for them to contact you? Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm available on LinkedIn anytime. It's probably, I think it's David McMullen on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but you can also reach me at my email is Dave at the trajectory.com like trajectory, but the trajectory. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the trajectory.com is the website. So by all means reach out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely encourage everyone listening and watching to reach out to Dave. He's been instrumental to me and I'm sure can be instrumental to so many other people. So, uh, well, look, I really want to thank you, Dave, for joining us today. Um, it's been incredible and I've learned things. I've taken notes. So that's, that's good. Um, and then thank you for our audience as well. If you learn something today or you laugh, please tell someone about this podcast. This is an important podcast. This is aimed purely at entrepreneurs. So, Please share it with your your friends, your colleagues. Um, And again, thank you, Dave. I can't thank you enough. Um, This has been a really exciting episode and I can't wait for the next one. So um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.